Do you ever feel like menopause is like a second puberty? Your hormones are all out of whack. Your emotions are all over the place. Your thoughts are running wild. You feel like you have no idea who you are, what life is about, or anything. And you feel a little bit crazy. I don't know about you, but that kind of describes my puberty. And that is definitely how I hear a lot of women describing menopause. And I got a taste of that at the beginning in perimenopause. But I realized that my puberty and that time of my life is actually what set me on the path I'm on now. Cracking the code to allow you to experience peaceful, joyful menopause. Welcome to the Women Rockin' Midlife Podcast, soulful wellness to elevate your second act. You deserve to deeply love every moment of your life, living your best life with pure joy, optimal health and abundance, with the energy, time, and inner peace to savor experiences with your loved ones and with yourself. Hi, I'm Jen Kunkel. Join me on this soulful journey to complete wellness in midlife and beyond. That might sound a little bit far-fetched, right? That menopause can be an enjoyable, peaceful, joyful experience. Well, some cultures actually believe that, and that's how it is for them. So this is just a belief system that we were conditioned into somehow. I don't know where it started. I don't know how it started. I don't know if it was intentional, but someone decided, hey, menopause has to be really crappy and painful and difficult to get through, and we believed them. So that's what it boils down to, long story short. (laughs) The end. See you next time. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) All right. So that might seem a little wild to some of you, but that's okay. I understand skepticism because right here, biggest skeptic ever, I have always been this logical, practical person who needs proof, evidence. And when I say always, I mean when I was younger because I actually ended up outgrowing that. But not because I just outgrew it, because I saw evidence which to me was enough proof that some things that are unexplainable actually do work, okay? So I dealt with, so I want to just mention that I dealt with depression as a teenager. I talked about menopause being a second puberty. And The reason that I bring that up is because there really are strong parallels, okay? So as a teenager, I dealt with depression and super low self-worth, although I had no labels for that back then. People didn't really talk about it back then, or at least not people in my circles, and I didn't have the words to describe it. I didn't know what was going on. I can remember specifically being about 12 years old and standing in the bathroom. It was a bathroom that had two sinks. And earlier at some point, somewhere 
not too far in the past, someone was talking about how you could actually drown yourself in a bowl full of water. Like, it was just one of those, like, fun fact kind of trivial things that someone was talking about. Yeah, someone could even drown in just a bowl full of water. And I was like, no way. Well, I thought, hmm, because I was depressed, I was sad, I kind of just wanted to escape this world. So I was basically, I was having suicidal thoughts. And I remember being in the bathroom after hearing this, and I filled up the sink and I thought, maybe it's true. And wow, how would you do that? And I was really seriously thinking about it. But I thought my mom would be so sad and I couldn't do that to her. So I didn't do it. And that wasn't the only time I had thoughts like that. There were times over the next five years until I was about 17 that I had thoughts like that. So let me just tell you, if you are ever having thoughts like that of ending your life, things do get better no matter how bad it seems, no matter how long it takes. Like I said, I had thoughts like that for five years, but my life got tremendously better Um, I would never consider doing something like that again. And actually, I find it a selfish act. And thank goodness that I thought about my mom and didn't want to hurt her. So if you are having thoughts like that, please, please, please reach out to somebody and get some help because it's available. People talk about it now. You You can get support. You can find your way through that darkness. I promise. I found my way on my own and mostly I did end up talking to a friend and that was helpful when I was 17. Um, You know, it pulled me, it pulled me out of the darkness enough that I was able to pull myself out beyond that. But anyway, um, I know I'm talking about this because I know that some women experience depression with menopause as well. And I just want to make sure that you realize that there is a way out of that. There are ways past that and stick around because I'm going to support you with that or get whatever support you need at the time that you need it. Okay. All right. So a little bit of a digression, but I also know that that's important and it kind of ties in with what I'm talking about here today. So having gone through that intense emotional experience for all of that time and feeling really, really alone, I do see a parallel with the emotions that we experience during menopause. And I feel like All of that in my childhood, in my teen years, actually led me on this path as I became like an older teen. I started reading personal development books, Tony Robbins and that kind of thing. So that led me on this path, right, to where I am now, where I'm using these kind of tools to help other people specifically to deal with the same kind of emotions that I experienced when I was a teenager. So the personal development led into wanting to really understand what, how, how people think, why they think the way they do. 
And, you know, I'll say I still had a lot of emotional ups and downs. So that's what we deal with a lot with menopause. And this is how I came to the solution that I came to. So I had a lot of emotional ups and downs still as a young adult. And I was I was working through things to figure them out. So I have tried all the things, right? I have tried so many things. And back then it was, it was almost more like brute force stuff, like think positive. And now I find that toxic positivity, but it's really, it might just really be like phase one, right? It's like the first thing that you do to start shifting into the new phase, right? And then we go deeper and now it's becoming so much more common, right? Um, so a lot of times it was all just mind over matter, like say all these affirmations and really the work in this area is becoming more and more explored. Okay. And there's even some science that explains what happens in your brain. You know, there's a lot of neuroscience going on. There's people studying energy. And I know that that sounds a little woo. In fact, when I first heard about energy work, I was just like, um, yeah, I don't think so. Like, you know, my past skepticism was like at a 10 or a 12 on a scale of one to 10. I didn't believe anything unless you had solid proof for me. And I want to check how the experiment was designed, you know, I want to know. So I I have a science background. I went to school for engineering. I worked for a couple of years as an engineer. And so, you know, I learned about the scientific method and I just didn't believe anything without solid proof. People would talk about psychics and I'm like, (laughs) energy work, WTF, right? Emotions are stored in the body. What? How? That doesn't make any sense. I actually went to a massage therapist and she's talking about, oh, I had this like knot in the back of my, in the, in my back, right? Like between my shoulder blade and my spine. And I said, I don't know, this thing has been here for like a year or something like that and she's like okay and she starts touching it and like rubbing in that area and she's like so she starts talking about how emotions are stored in the body and she's like well ask it what it's about and I'm like ask it what it's about like I'm asking this knot in my back what are you trying to tell me so I mean I did it just because I'm okay with experimenting so but I was like I don't this is weird like I don't get it and you know weirdly something did pop in my head and I said that and I'm like I don't know maybe you know and I I was a little bit open to it I suppose but really like my true belief was like I don't believe in this (laughs) and I kept going to this um to this massage therapist and she was also a Reiki master so she kept trying to get me to do a Reiki session. And I'm like, no, no, no. I like the massage. I like how it feels. You know, I, that's, I want the massage. I want to feel, you know, like rubbed, like the hands on the body and that. So 
finally one time, you know, I was having, I had some stubborn stuff in my body that just was not releasing from massage, but it still feels good, right? So she said, well, how about this? How about if we do half and half? Like the first half, I'll do regular massage and then I'll switch to the energy work. And I said, yeah, okay, I'll try that. So when we got to the second half, I was like, afterwards, I was like, no way you weren't touching me. I was like, I mean, I knew she wasn't, but it felt more intense than the actual massage. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it took me so long to let you do that. And, you know, some of the stubborn stuff, let go, yada, yada. Um, it was, it was eye-opening. So I became more open-minded with that. It was like all these little things would happen that made me more open-minded. I would notice, um, I don't know, I, like I even think about when I lived out of state, this was even before the energy work stuff, before I believed in anything. I just, I thought my mom and I had like some kind of special connection or something because it seemed like I would think about calling her or vice versa and the other one would, you know, we would call each other, whichever one of us would call and the other one had been thinking about it. So things like that would happen. Um, Anyway, so I started, you know, learning more about this. My mom actually does a couple of different energy methodologies now, the EFT, and you know, I started reading some books about this, and I start, and I've been meditating for quite some time. And even when I learned how to meditate, I didn't really think too much of it. But we did a little experiment where, with a partner, where we were envisioning somebody that had something uh, physical wrong with them and you know then we just said I don't know maybe I don't remember exactly what we said if we even said their name or anything we we said like two things and it didn't have anything to do with what was wrong with them I don't remember exactly what we said to each other but I mean I got this image in my head and I explained it and then it made sense with who she was thinking of and vice versa. And I was like, wow, that's weird. Like I would just write these little things off as weird until I started putting them all together. So anyway, I started doing more energy work um, and emotional releasing just as I was meditating, like things would just come to me. Like I wasn't I studied some things, but a lot of it was just things would come to me, okay? And I I believe we all have the same the same potential for what people call psychic abilities, what people call energy healing, everything. I think we all have the same potential for abilities. They're just skills that we need to learn and practice, okay? Um, You know, understand, know how to use. And that's why I use self-directed emotional release techniques in the work that I do. And self-directed like healing, I guess you would call it, you know, I am still weird about calling it that kind of stuff. But honestly, I, 
I'd say that's kind of what it is. I had a spinal injury and I don't know if you have ever heard of people healing their own spine. Actually, I fairly recently learned that Joe Dispenza, that's, that's one of his big things. He used to be a chiropractor and he got into a bad bicycle accident and ultimately, like, he was supposed to have all these fusions and maybe pins and this and that, like, reconstructed, but he knew that he would never be athletic again if he did all that. So he, over a pretty long period of time, claims to have rebuilt his entire spinal cord, essentially with the power of his mind. So that's an interesting story. But it made me think of when I got into a rear and car accident. And I don't know why I have some mojo about that because I have actually been rear ended in vehicles seven times in my life. The first time I was 19 um, or somewhere around there. And then there were these two times a year apart that I got rear ended. And the second one, the first one kind of messed up my cervical spine the upper part and then I got rear-ended another time when I was still getting treated for the first one and it blew out my one of my lower back discs L something I don't remember but anyway they were recommending spinal fusion and I was like oh my gosh I don't that doesn't sound good like it just didn't seem like I'm very into natural I'm very into things that are supposed to be the way they're supposed to be in your body. Like even as a kid, when people would get their tonsils out or their appendix out, I'm like, don't we need those? Like, I feel like they're not there for just no reason. And lo and behold, they are now recently finding out that the appendix may have a use after all. You know, they, they gave us that whole, oh, it's so small because it was something that we needed before, but we don't need it an- anymore. Guess what? That's more than likely not at all true. It actually has something to do with gut health. And um, yeah, so we kind of do need them. Uh, anyway, so I'm not keen on anybody ever cutting on me in my whole life, hopefully. I had a close call a couple years ago, though. Um, different story again. <laughs> I won't go on a tangent. Well, maybe I will mention that because I think th- that it's kind of what I'm talking about. But anyway, the herniated disc. I did do physical things. You know, I did spinal decompression and that was amazing. But I'm, I was in my 30s at the time and I had to lift my leg up with my hands to put my pants on. And I was able to eventually be pain-free. Like, I haven't had any pain in my spine in years now. And I was told that I would need surgery. So I haven't had a follow-up MRI, so I don't know what it looks like. But one of the things that I did pretty diligently was I meditated on that healing, even though the doctor said it can't heal. So I don't know. I don't have proof. I just know that I don't have pain. So that's all I really need. So whatever it looks like, it doesn't even matter to me. I don't have pain. Everything functions properly. So there you go. 
Um, and I realized that I didn't do that with the cervical spine and I do still get a lot of tightness up there. So I'm actually going to start working on that too. All right. I know some people might be like, this chick is nuts because that's what I would have been saying at some point in the past, right? All right. So what does this have to do with menopause? What it has to do with menopause and the symptoms that you're having is that if you can do this kind of thing for spinal ailments, you can certainly do it for your emotions because it's already your emotions. So this is even more directly tied into the things that I'm talking about. What, however you look at it, emotional re release, just learning to use mindfulness to regulate your let's just let's just back up for a second let's take something that feels really plausible right so there is science that shows that mindfulness mindfulness meditation lowers stress okay you can kind of see the connection there right mindfulness reduces stress right you're doing meditation, you're breathing, you're calming your body down. You are actually controlling chemicals in your body when you do that because stress has to do with hormones and chemicals and your emotions have to do with hormones and chemicals in your body. Well, hormones are chemicals in your body. So I'm going to use those interchangeably, chemicals, hormones, right? So the chemicals... And the hormones in your body are all over the place when you're feeling stressed out, your cortisol jumps up, etc. Right? When you calm yourself, so you breathe, take deep breaths, you start calming yourself down, you're actually changing the chemicals in your body, literally. And that is scientifically proven. So why can't it be changing more than just that, right? Why can't it be changing more? It's not just changing your emotions. It's actually changing the chemistry that's going on in your body, right? And the chemistry in your body, the hormones, is exactly what's causing all of your menopause symptoms. The insomnia, the night sweats, the hot flashes, right? So if you can start to learn how to regulate those things in your own body, then you're going to have a more peaceful, joyful menopause. I'm oversimplifying it here, right? Because it's not always easy just to go, oh, I'm just going to breathe and meditate when you're feeling completely out of sorts and out of whack. So I have more specific, regimented, systematic methods that I use that are really powerful that help you get into the deeper levels of those emotions. So let's go back to my massage therapist, right? who said that emotions are stored in the body. Well, after that interaction where she told me about that, 
I became very interested in this concept. So I started studying some things around that. And there's all kinds of things out there. There's like the more modern Western stuff like Louise Hay, Heal Your Body, where she talks about that. But there's ancient things about that too. The acupuncture and the meridians, it's all kind of based on the same ideas, right? And what I think is that the emotions are connected to the chemicals and the chemicals actually, you know, whatever whatever bio, biochemicals you have in your body, different hormones or whatever other kind of chemistry is going on in your body, and that's attached to emotions, and then those chemicals are getting locked somewhere in your tissues, in your cells, in your fibers, you know, wherever it might get locked up into. So there are theories that certain specific emotions are tied to certain parts of the body, but it doesn't seem that it necessarily has to be like that. They could be anywhere, okay? So everybody has, there's like common places and then there could be, you could have some unique thing where it originated in, you know, your gallbladder or whatever, or like like anger in your liver are tied together in the mind-body connection. So you could have an emotion that like they say originated in your liver, but it's landed, I don't know, in your elbow or something and you have tennis elbow. So that's going a little deeper than I was planning to go today, but that's the idea. It's kind of fascinating, really. All right, well, I don't want to ramble on for hours and hours, but that's basically um, the underlying stuff. So I kind of want to share what this looks like in terms of affecting the menopause experience, specifically in my late 40s is when I kind of started feeling that second puberty coming on, but I didn't know that. I didn't know what was going on. Um, I don't know. I thought it was just due to the nature of things in the world or in my life at that time. Strange thoughts rolling around in my head, getting emotional, getting overly sad sometimes, like feeling it wasn't like a depression depression so much there was a little bit of that like what's the point kind of stuff and there was also like this empathy just sadness about the world right and wondering if something was wrong with me like wow am I losing it like sometimes I would lay in bed and think am I losing my mind because some it sort of feels like it and I didn't know why you know, and I started feeling old and insignificant and like, oh, it's, why didn't I do this or that in my 30s? It's too late now. Sometimes I couldn't sleep at night. I felt like I had to get up to pee like a thousand times every night, you know. I didn't really, I wasn't really having hot flashes yet. But I did get terrible, terrible migraines. Well, I started having like random missed periods and that happened probably oh that happened that happened for a good 10 maybe 15 years just it started out like maybe once a year 
I would randomly miss a period and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't be pregnant. Nope. And that's when I found out about perimenopause. And I was like, what? Nobody told me about that. People don't talk about that. Why? I think people are talking about it more now. So that's great. Anyway, um, yeah, so I started getting these, the more I was missing my periods as it was going more into menopause, I did start getting really terrible migraines. Um, but I think I had kind of gotten everything else a little bit in check. I wasn't really doing anything super intentional at this point. So earlier on when I started feeling all the emotional stuff, that's when I was like, okay, I need to get back into my routine of doing this emotional work. And I started actually learning even deeper work. And I started incorporating all of that in. And, you know, I sort of always kind of go back to my go-to most powerful tools, right? And techniques. And I'm human like everybody else. I get out of my habits and I get out of my routines. And then, you know, symptoms that start coming back or new symptoms would show up that I had, you know, kept kind of at bay with my routine. So I think that's where the migraines came in. It was during a time when I was off my regimen and at the time, I didn't even really know I was doing it to halt perimenopause symptoms. I just knew the only symptom I thought I had was random missed periods because I didn't even know at the time that all of this other emotional stuff and these thoughts racing and this even the insomnia, I didn't realize that was perimenopause until later. So anyway... When I started getting the migraines, that's when I started really learning more about menopause and perimenopause and what the symptoms were. And that's when it all started, sort of started coming together. Now, I actually did end up taking CBD, which helped with the migraines. And then, you know, I took it for several months, probably, I think I took it for about 18 months. And then I was doing all the meditation and stuff again. So I... I stopped taking the CBD and I haven't had migraines since then. So, and I don't know, that could actually be because I was already past that point, you know, to full on menopause. So, I recognized that the things that I had been doing actually made my experience better. So, I started doing all the meditation. I started diving back into the emotional release techniques that I do, the mind-body methods, these practices. And my emotions, you know, got stable again. And I started feeling like myself again. And I'm so thankful that I did that. Even though I didn't know what was causing it until later, I had a pretty pleasant, after the first maybe, oh, few months or so, I had a pretty easy, pleasant perimenopause experience, right? And like I said, if I stopped doing the things, I could feel stuff start to get a little crazy again. And then I would just start doing these things again. So, 
when I got serious about sticking to my renewed old habits and went even deeper, I found that I had great success, right? And I, like I said, I focused on more consistently using the most powerful and the simplest techniques possible. So bam, that did it, right? I barely have any symptoms now. I, especially around getting emotional. If I drink red wine, I have a little warm flash for a couple of seconds, you know, or so while I'm drinking the wine, not like later. I, I know some people will say that they drink red wine and then later they can't sleep. So this is my experience. I'm not, ask, I'm not asking you to believe me blind, blindly experience it, right? Because I've always wanted to help people and I saw all these women suffering and I still see women suffering and it's unnecessary. So I'm sharing what worked for me because it could work for you too. And staying away from pharmaceuticals is important to me. So if it's important to you and you want to have natural methods, it's worth giving it a shot. It's worth at least hearing about what all it involves. So I would love to invite you, you know, if you have those thoughts and emotions swirling around like a tornado, if you have hot flashes, night sweats, or insomnia, if you sometimes feel like maybe you're losing it a little bit, let's hop on a Zoom call and I will give you 30 minutes of my full attention and together we'll figure out your next best steps. Is in my three-day virtual retreat where we use science-backed energetic mind-body practices, the most powerful ones that I've found to stabilize your emotions, to start balancing your hormones from the inside out, or is it something else? I am so no pressure. And like I said, I'm not asking you to blindly believe anything. I'm asking you to experience it and then decide for yourself. So if you want to sign up for one of those... Uh, sessions, just go to wildsavvy.com slash chat apply and I will put the link in the show notes. All right. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you have enjoyed our little chat. All right. I will see you next time.